And there's an old sales phrase that says, time kills all deals. Very true. Meaning we must execute very quickly once the connection is made. You finally met the right person at the conference or at a networking event. Great. You get their email address, their phone number, doesn't matter. Great. Reach out to them immediately. They will forget you. They are busy people. They also met lots of people. You may not be the shining star in their mind that they are to you. That's okay. You've got to make that happen. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Hello, we are jumping into part two of designing your peer group, where we push into who needs to be in your design peer group and how to actually connect with them, even if they're influential people, even if they're high profile people. I trust you've been working this week on your future friends list from last week. So let's do a quick recap on what we covered in last week's podcast so we can all get up to speed. So I came in strong with the whole concept of, yeah, birds of a feather flock together and they all end up in the same destination too. That if you really want to be intentional about where you're headed in life and in your business, that you need to start being intentional about your peer group. So let's do the recap from last week. We covered first, we are who we surround ourselves with. That is true of happiness, income, health, all of it. This has been studied well, and if you want to level up, you gotta bring in some fresh talent. Number two, your default peer group is in your life by default. You didn't necessarily choose them to be in your life, they just are often by convenience. A designed peer group, number three, you've intentionally put into your life. They normalize success in your future goals and they humanize those who have already achieved it. That part is important. And number four, to determine which friends you should seek out, I call them your future friends list, look at your goals three years from now. Create a list of future friends who represent where you are going and not just where you have been. So that brings us up to this week. So I'm assuming you did your work from last week. You are listening to me right now. You've got your future friends list in front of you. You're all pumped. You're ready to do this. So maybe I want someone who's written a book. Maybe I want a future friend that's done a TED Talk, a future friend that started a podcast, done a keynote speech. These are all great future friends if that represents you three years from now. It doesn't matter the goal. We just need to have clarity on the goal. So I worked with a man once who said, I only want to work three days a week. And I asked him, who do you know that only works three days a week? He said, nobody. Well, start there. Doesn't matter the goal. If you want to do it, someone else has already done it or done something very similar. Let's go find them. So when I say go find them, I don't mean stalk them, but I don't want you to give up easily. So don't say, well, I found someone who is taking their whole family on a road trip to Italy. I sent them a message once, they never answered back. Be prepared to inconvenience yourself for your goals. 
Don't give up easily. People give up so quickly on this stuff. No one needs to take our dreams from us. We hand them over so easily until now. Two of the most powerful words in the English language, until now. So we're going to go after them. We're going to inconvenience ourselves a little bit. And just to be clear, this is more than just networking, which we're going to talk about in a second what networking is. It's more than just saying, who do I know that knows people? What can they do for me? It's beyond that. It's that these people are teaching us what is possible, breaking down limiting beliefs, barriers of what is possible for someone like us. And this is key. So I said it's more than networking, but first let's start with the basics of what is networking. So to get access to your future friends list, you're going to need to do a little bit of networking. And in case you're already getting your excuses prepared, things like, well, I don't know, I'm an introvert, a perfectionist, I'm shy, blah, blah, blah. Hey, 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 those are just labels and is only a limitation if you let it. So don't let any of that stuff come into play if you're thinking about networking and I've never done it before and I don't like it and maybe I don't even like people at all. It's all right, you're gonna be fine. So networking is finding common ground and bonus if you can add value and set up the next meeting. So that's networking. So let's look at networking as defined by Investopedia. Networking is the exchange of information and ideas among people with a common profession or special interest, usually in an informal social setting. Networking often begins with a single point of, this is important, common ground. All right, that's the definition. So networking does not need to be at a networking event. Okay, so there are networking events. They're great. I think they're a great thing to go to if you haven't before because they get you in the habit of making that kind of small talk and then figuring out who these people are and who you want to connect with and who you never want to talk to again. That's all an important part of being a human and being an adult. But it does not need to be at a networking event. It does not need to involve business cards and sweaty handshake and all the smoozing. I do actually have a quick story about that in a moment. But networking is just a conversation, a connection, an exchange of information. What am I saying? That you network all the time. So don't build it up in your head into something more than it needs to be. But I want to highlight what is key in that definition of networking. Single point of common ground. This is everything. You need to find the point of common ground, and it can be literally anything. When networking with someone, you're looking for common ground. Oh, you went to Texas A&M? So did I. I didn't, but for the purpose of the example. Oh, you work for a tech distributor? Me too. You are a mountain biker. I love single track mountain rides. Oh, you have teenagers too? God help us all. It doesn't matter what it is. Find the common ground. That's the humanness that we see in each other. Now, obviously, the more obscure the common ground, the better the connection. So if you were both I don't know, homeschooled and married and then went on to write books and hike the Inca Trail. Well, that is money because the common ground that's not so common, that's true connection. It will automatically build rapport, but it doesn't have to be that specific. But let me go ahead and tell you about my first networking event and how painfully awkward it was for me. So I worked in finance in my early 20s. You know, I went to this networking event, agreed to go to this network event. So I'm about to walk into this ballroom in the Atlantis Casino in Reno, Nevada. And the smell of cigarettes and sweat are heavy. And I watch about 87 men walk into the ballroom before me. And I was like, all right. April, let's do this. So 20-year-old April gets all pumped up and she walks into the door to this networking event. And I looked around and I realized I was in a room full of my father, like 50 plus white men talking about business. 
What was I going to even talk to them about? My father and I didn't even speak about business then. I had no footing. I could bring up classic rock. That I had that. Like, like we could talk Bob Seger. I got that in my back pocket or maybe some Aerosmith. But this was in a time, just to be clear, before smartphones. So I couldn't simply Google how to network. I really had no grounding on what I was even there to do other than talk to people. So while trying to problem solve... I did find there was an open bar at the networking event, and a lot of business networking events have open bars. One, I learned what an open bar was that night at 20, and two, I was highly amused that I could drink there at 20 under the guise of business. It didn't matter that I had a fake ID since I was 15 from South Carolina. The idea that I was doing it for business was great for me at the time. So this is business. Do I order a more businessy drink? Because, you know, like when you're younger, it's Mickey's 40s, and I don't think they drink that at the Atlantis Casino. So I was like, all right, I'm going to order a business drink. But I actually didn't know what a business drink was at the time. So I imagined all the movies and tried to think of what they drank, and that didn't work out super well. That's probably how I eventually became a scotch drinker, but that didn't actually happen until my 30s. So this night in Reno in the Atlantis Casino, I ended up ordering a Budweiser, which, as it turns out, is not a business drink. It's not the king of beers, apparently. Now I was faced with, what am I going to talk to these people about? So I've got my drink. What am I going to talk to them about? So what I ended up talking about, the weather. I didn't talk Bob Seger. I probably should have talked Bob Seger. Probably would have worked. But I ended up talking about the weather, which was a safe bet because it was common ground. It had been raining in Reno, which is unusual for our high desert climate. So we're all experiencing this unusual occurrence together. It's raining in Reno. That doesn't happen often. So looking for that common ground is key. That wasn't the strongest footing I could have had, but we looked so different. We came from such different backgrounds. I was having a hard time finding our commonalities. So when people are talking to us, and this is not just a networking event, this is at any time, people are talking to us. They're really trying to determine, are you like me? Do we have something in common? Will you understand me? And will I understand you? And usually our brains, they're not on board with this, the only thing our brains do is pick out things that are different, looking for ways that we are not alike. In this situation, any 50-year-old man who talked to a 20-year-old female would likely see only our differences, or they would look at me like their daughter or mistress. For sure as hell not appear, both of those can become very problematic. So I had to find that common ground. Now, I got really good at it eventually. I went to thousands of networking events, but man, that first one was so hard for me. So I had to overcome the fact that we look so different, that they would see me as likely a, a daughter or definitely some fresh-faced kid that didn't know what she was doing. They weren't about to give me their money, and I worked in finances. So I had to overcome that. But if I could, one, be confident, that is key to everything. We've talked about this in Pivot Me many times. Confidence is king. It gets you the girl. It wins you the deal. All of the above people follow the confident person. So number one, be confident. And two, find my common ground. These people, these guys, would start to see our similarities. They always exist. You just got to do the work to find it. Now, once you network with someone awesome, like say, whether it's an event, whether it's a friend connection, doesn't matter how, you found out this person needs to be your future friend, you are going to pursue that relationship immediately. Really important. There's an old sales phrase that says, time kills all deals. Very true. Meaning we must execute very quickly once the connection is made. You finally met the right person at the conference or at a networking event great. You get their email address, their phone number, doesn't matter. Great. Reach out to them immediately. 
they will forget you. They are busy people. They also met lots of people. You may not be the shining star in their mind that they are to you. That's okay. You've got to make that happen. If they are high profile, they likely met a lot of people that want to spend time with them. Lots of people are pursuing them. So you've got to do it and you've got to do it quick. So bonus tip in your reach out, reference something you uniquely discussed and suggest next steps. So again, I gave the Texas A&M example. You're going to want to reference that in like an email, for example. I can't believe we both went to Texas A&M and we both studied in Clifton's Coffee House on 7th Street. Let's connect. Let's exchange notes. I point out the unique common ground that we had, and then I point out next steps. Like I suggest, I propose how we can advance the relationship. Now, here's where I give some of the truth tea. This will not be beautifully executed. I'm literally breaking down networking steps. I'm compressing 20 years of experience, and I'm putting it into a few steps you can follow. You won't do this perfectly. None of this gets beautifully executed. It may as well be very awkward when you do this, but you need to be, listen to this part, you got to be bold, you got to be clear, and you probably got to need to be a little awkward. You know, I see this all the time with parents. We encourage our kids to just go play with new friends. We push them out into the mysteries and social hierarchies of a playground and expect them just to ask others, hey, do you want to play with me? But we've lost that ability ourselves. We have lost the grit to withstand that awkward moment when the person looks at us and sizes us up and decides if they want to play with us. Here is what I have to say to that. Don't be a weenie. (laughs) Just don't. Just don't. Like, you're better than that. You have to withstand the awkwardness of pursuit to get to your design peer group. You have to withstand the awkwardness of pursuit to get to your dream life, too. That's another podcast. Everything demands your attention right now. You want to be on your A game, but you need two of you just to manage your day. But what if I could multiply you? What if I told you there are secrets that top performers are using right now to still get ahead? There are, and I'll give them to you. In my new Four Steps videos, I'll show you how to master distraction, practice prioritization, get the right things done without working more hours. And for now, I'm doing it for free. Your time is priceless right now and you need to take back control of your day and your to-do list. Go to pivot-me.com backslash four steps and you can begin the videos within seconds. We all need more time right now and four steps will give it to you. Yes, you can multiply yourself, and I'll show you how to do it in four steps. Now, let's just say, especially if you want someone in the design peer group who's high profile, let's say you're pursuing that person. You might have to reach out to a lot of people to get them. So it may not be a networking event. It might be, I know this person who knows this person and knows this person. Again, expect a little work to make this happen. You're designing your peer group, which is going to totally change your life. It is worth the work. And today with social media, it's easier than ever to connect with these people, even high profile people. That's because for two main reasons. One, you can reach out to them or their team directly. We've got direct access in a way that we never had before. This part is easier than it's ever been. Number two, you can leverage your own network to find them. For example, who do I know that knows Hal Elrod? You might not reach him directly, but you can get one degree of separation closer to him. And when you are leveraging your own network, which by the way, we had him on Pivot Me, can't wait to release that episode. It's coming up. But 
You can leverage your own network to get to whoever it is that you want to get to. You can ask for that specific person, like, you know, in my example, Hal Elrod, or you can go back to identify the role of the person you're looking for. So for example, your Facebook post today could look something like this. Who do I know that has done the 75 hard challenge? Or who do I know that has taken their kids to Italy on a road trip? Who do I know who's written a book? It doesn't matter the topic. Just clearly describe the person who can help you and let your existing network do the rest. Now, back to the part about them being high profile. Understand to access these people, your future friends, often we have to step up to them. We have to go through these multiple steps to reach them. Rarely do you just say, hmm. I'm going to connect with Ariana Huffington. And yeah, that's just going to happen. You've got to build up to these things. And you also got to think about what you could do for her because relationships should not be one-sided. But think of the six degrees of separation. Hopefully you're familiar with that, that we're essentially connected by all people through six degrees, though I think now it's gone down less than six degrees. But the idea is that someone that you know knows someone else who knows someone else that knows the person you're trying to get to. You're just looking for one degree closer. But this takes time. But big goals, they take time and they take pursuit. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes they take awkwardness too. So I once saw a friend on Facebook and and she had this post it was a few months ago and she said, my dream is to meet Elon Musk. That was it. That was pretty cool. I'd be cool to meet Elon Musk, but there isn't an ask in there. It's a statement. There's no clear intention. So people wouldn't jump in to help her achieve that. Now, this friend has a really big network. She knows a lot of people. So imagine if instead she said, who do I know that knows Elon Musk? She would have gotten names instead of likes. Now, let's just jump ahead and say you've got the connection. Great. When we connect with these high profile people, be decent because you're a decent human being. Add value to them, not just a one-sided relationship. And that's not just because you want something from them, but because you're a good human and you want to help them too. It can't be all about you. Remember, people are always asking what's in it for me. If they can tell that you're only serving your needs, well, who wants to be friends with that? So the flip side of this is that first in serving them, you've got to understand that you have something they need too. Now, this involves, so whatever it is, there's something you got that they wish they had. This involves recognizing your inherent value and how you can add value to them. They need something you have. Whatever in your rear view mirror, the things that you've already done might be on their bucket list. You just got to find it and help them with it. So I have a client, Erica, and she wants to write this book and she's building this larger business. She wanted to connect with this author that's amazing. But in her last book that she put out, the author put it on 20 pounds. Well, okay, because she's door dashing probably all her food. I see you. I get you, babe. Now, my client is a health coach. She can help her lose those 20 pounds. Now, you got to be delicate on how you navigate those waters. But the point is she's got a skill set. My client has a skill set that the author maybe doesn't have or is underutilized. That's how she could help her. And if you don't know how to help them in the relation, it can simply be like if you don't know what it is that they might need or want that you have, you could say something like, hey, I appreciate your help on XYZ. I would love to return the favor. What is it that I can do for you? And it could be lots of things. I've seen someone review a speech for somebody, their next speech, like, hey, how about I review it before you go on stage and do it? I've seen people become beta readers for best-selling authors, and that's how they end up establishing this relationship. Be in service of them, but not a groupie. And this part's important too. Be a peer, not a groupie. 
don't talk to them like they're a celebrity. It makes them uncomfortable. I did a few months back. I, I had this big event that I went to and they made a big deal out of me being there. That's cool. Lots of people came up and asked me to have a drink afterwards. They praised my work, which I appreciated tremendously. But after my work, I just wanted to put on jeans and go grab barbecue food. So people speaking to me with such high esteem, though flattering, made me feel that if I went to have a drink with them, I would still need to be on. And that's just real talk, my friends. So if we would have been more on like a friend level, if we would have spoke more like a peer, there's a chance I would have had a drink with them. So speak to this person as though you'd speak to a peer. Again, not being disrespectful and stuff, and you got to really measure the situation, but it can help them feel more relaxed and likely to become part of your peer group. Look, we all just put our pants on one leg at a time, even our heroes, but believing that they don't will prevent you from ever befriending them. So let's recap on what we went over today. All right. So number one, we talked about what networking really is, communication, finding common ground, and bonus if it's in pursuit of something mutually beneficial. Number two, how to find and leverage that common ground. Number three, that it's easier than ever to connect with your future friends list and build your designed peer group through social media, either directly or through your own network. Number four, we discussed that Budweiser is apparently not the king of beers. Don't order that at the networking event. Number five, and that even if they are high profile, be respectful, but be a peer, not a groupie. And to add value, because we can always add value to another human. In closing, I want you to think about where your life and your business is heading You are in charge. You are the captain steering the boat. Your peer group will play a huge role in your happiness, success, fulfillment, income, and adventure. Even your relationships. Don't leave this piece to chance. Now go find your future friends. See you next week. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.